Hi everyone, welcome to the Physionic, or welcome back to the Physionic podcast. My name is Nicholas Verhoeven. I'm a PhD candidate in molecular medicine. I have some nutrition science background, and those are the credentials I'll be, well, using uh, for this particular podcast. And this podcast is related to the dreaded ketogenic diet. Uh, people call me the keto hater. I just self-proclaim myself that based off of the uh, the comments that I've gotten over the, the last many videos on the ketogenic diet. I'm, of course, saying that facetiously, however. Uh, so today's topic is going to be discussing a particular study, and that study is based around the ketogenic diet. And the study name uh, is probably going to give it away, but it is Long-Term Effects of a Ketogenic Diet in Obese Patients. So this particular study, really simply done, uh, tried to figure out if the, the researchers put people on a ketogenic diet, what would happen to three different, well, let's say four different outcomes. One, their body weight, which we've discussed in the past, but we'll be discussing it again because more data is always better. Uh, cholesterol, that's a big one, as well as blood sugar levels. If you are diabetic, for example, that might be of, uh, of use to you. And the final one is triglycerides or blood fats. So as a bit kind of background on keto, if you're not familiar with it, uh, I'm going to go through a bit of introduction on why it's used, certain things that it's used for. And this is all based on the context that the researchers actually set out uh, throughout the study. So the study, like I mentioned, aims to see what effect the ketogenic diet has on a variety of health markers in overweight individuals. Stop here. Internalize that, please. Overweight individuals. Uh, so does this apply to normal weight individuals? No, maybe not. It could, but we don't know. And well, you don't know, but I do, <laughs> because uh, I, I actually have another study that I'll be covering that is going to be looking at the same outcomes, but in normal weight individuals. And uh, there are some, I'll just float it out there. There's some interesting results. We'll just put it, we'll just leave it at that. So, but this study looks at overweight individuals. So the ketogenic diet uh, based in unsaturated fats, and this is something that a lot of people I've actually been commenting on. Uh, they've been, I've had a few people ask me if they think, if I think that unsaturated fats are truly helpful or beneficial for health. Uh, so this particular study looks at unsaturated fats uh, and basing a ketogenic diet based primarily on unsaturated fats, as opposed to some of the previous research that I covered relatively recently uh, that looked at mass saturated fats, which is a huge difference between those two. So uh, so a ketogenic diet based in unsaturated fats is thought to reverse certain chronic diseases and ultimately leads to the production of ketones from the liver. So you consume high fats, uh, extremely low carbohydrates, usually less than 5% of your total uh, calories for the day, of your nutrition for the day. And that leads then the liver to start to produce these ketones. And that's acetoacetate and beta-hydroxybutyrate of the two main ones. Of course, acetone is also produced, but acetone is breathed out. So the big two are acetoacetate and beta-hydroxybutyrate. Beta-hydroxybutyrate being the one that uh, really got a bit inflammatory in some of my uh, uh, recent podcasts discussing the ketogenic diet. But I digress. We're not going to go into that again. 
So the point is the liver starts to convert these fat molecules that are coming from the diet uh, into ketones and then releases those into the bloodstream. And then a variety of different tissues like the brain can take up those ketones and use it for energy in the, uh, the low levels or absence of glucose, blood sugar. So ketosis, which is elevated ketones from the liver, occurs from fasting as well as during lactation and, of course, during the uh, ketogenic diet. And the idea is that it protects against hypoglycemia. Hypoglycemia is just low blood sugar. That's all it is. And this is the researchers really went all out in terms of like saying sugar's this, sugar's that. Like they're like sugar's bad for all these different reasons, which kind of threw me off in terms of like how... Uh, adamant they were about this because they weren't really so much talking about the keto the benefits of the ketogenic diet they were just like sugar this sugar that which I mean all right it was kind of kind of an odd way to go about things they just kind of listed a bunch of just random facts near the end of the or kind of opinions based on the data uh, I suppose facts uh, at the end of the study we're, we're just like talking about all kinds of different things related to sugar I didn't really understand it was kind of a I didn't like the writing. I'll just put it that way. So, but the researchers did point out that uh, the ketogenic diet is also an anti-epileptic, meaning that if you suffer from epilepsy, that the ketogenic diet has been shown to be uh, highly beneficial for those individuals in reducing uh, episodes and may provide benefits for mania and depression. So, Actually, there are changes that actually occur in our brain when we have uh, specifically chronic depression, also bipolar uh, disorder, where we have these shifts in our metabolism in our brain. So maybe from a depressed glucose level, I don't mean that depressed like psychologically, I mean like reduced uh, use of glucose and therefore then these ketones can then facilitate the feeding of those brain cells. So that's kind of the idea. So that's why the ketogenic diet and fasting and all these other methods that elevate ketones could be beneficial for the brain and kind of regulate mood. And uh, I think that's something that I'll I'll certainly be looking into far more because I have not actually read the research in that area yet, uh, but it is something that I'm, I'm... uh, incredibly interested. As a matter of fact, when I was doing my research for the creatine book that I wrote, um, they talk about how creatine has an effect on that in in a similar vein on metabolism of the brain and how it can potentially regulate in depression, but it seems to have some potentially negative effects when it comes to bipolar. So anyway, again, I digress. Uh, so the idea is that the brain is associated with dysregulation of glucose use or blood sugar use in the brain. So Uh, And it's been shown, the ketogenic diet, uh, to have differential effects in protein phosphorylation. What does that mean? Well, within our cells, we have proteins that have like hundreds of thousands of different functions, you know, different enzymes, different proteins that move to different parts of the cell, and they help communicate what the cell needs from one area of the cell to the other area of the cell from the cytosol of the cell to the nucleus of the cell. And I've covered this stuff uh, ad nauseum, and I, I will be covering it for many decades because it is, it, it is the cornerstone of molecular biology, uh, these proteins. And these proteins can be tagged a certain way, uh, meaning that they just get something gets placed on them, 
literally a tag, uh, and that's called phosphorylation. So changes in those tags can change the behavior of those proteins. And if you change the behavior of those proteins, then that can lead to uh, changes in the effects of the cell. And then if you extrapolate that outwards, if you have millions of cells that are undergoing the same change because of the ketogenic diet, changes in phosphorylation of key proteins, then that can change the uh, way our body behaves and of course how we behave as a result but they didn't go into any detail with that they just said changes differential effects in protein phosphorylation they didn't say more they didn't say less they didn't mention which proteins so we're just throwing it out there but i don't think it's too much of a stretch you can you can throw anything at the human body and if it's anything different uh something's going to change uh, so it's not a huge statement there but still We'll, we'll, I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, but it does seem to, the ketogenic diet does seem to also have a benefit for uh, particular genetic conditions, like uh, people who have lower or, uh, I don't know if it's possible to have complete loss, but um, at least lower levels of glute transporter, which is uh, a protein that goes into the membrane of the cell and allows blood sugar to go from the blood into the cell. So it reduces blood sugar. Now, if you don't have that protein, then uh, you can't get the blood sugar from the blood into the cell and therefore the cell has to rely on fat for its metabolism. So obviously, since we're talking about ketones, uh, that would be related to that fat metabolism. So it may have a, a benefit for those individuals, as well as people that suffer from pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency, which is another protein, again, within the cell. Uh, this one is uh, associated to the mitochondria, and it allows, once glucose gets pulled out of the bloodstream and enters the cell, it goes through a metabolic process called glycolysis. At the end, it gets spit out as pyruvate, and then uh, that ends up going through a further reaction. Um, so, and that is related to that pyruvate dehydrogenase. So if you don't have that, then maybe you can't use the, the pyruvate or you, there, there's some, uh, dysfunct, crazy metabolism, uh, that occurs in which you have to then rely again on fat. So in both situations, you would then have to r rely on fat. Um, and obviously with the ketogenic diet, you would be allowed to do that to a much greater degree. And then they also throw in a few other things about like uh, sugary diets um, are the root cause of many chronic diseases and can accelerate aging. And obviously a lot of that stuff is really associative, um, but you know, certainly true. If you have a ton of uh, sugary foods and junk foods and whatnot, yeah, you're gonna accelerate aging, no doubt about it. Um, and they also point out that sugary beverages deplete vitamin E levels, which I have not checked into myself, but uh, vitamin E being one of the key antioxidants. So the idea there is that you get a, uh, an imbalance in the oxidant antioxidant ratios. Antioxidants fight against oxidants. So oxidants are the things that cause damage to our cells are one of the things that cause damage to our cells. And the antioxidants are the ones that neutralize that damage. So neutralize the, the oxidants before they can do damage. So vitamin E is an antioxidant. So if you have lower levels of that, then presumably you would be doing more damage to the cells. So they just kind of throw that in there. Again, not entirely certain. They also threw in some stuff about cancer, which I have discussed in the past as well, that uh, uh, the... Um, 
ketogenic diet helps against cancer. They kind of they gloss over that. And I have looked into a little bit of that research, and it's definitely not entirely true. Uh, there's there are certain cancers that actually uh, thrive on a ketogenic diet or a high fat diet, um, while there are many other cancers that thrive on a high sugar diet, so or high glucose diet, carbohydrate diet. So, uh, and there's no cure all for, for you know either way you're going to have negatives and positives. So anyway, that's the background. That's the ketogenic diet, kind of some of the benefits it can have. Now they want to know, okay, how does it affect cholesterol and how does it affect uh, blood fats and uh, blood sugar levels and body weight? So let's discuss the study design uh, real quick. So they recruited 83 overweight individuals, both men and women. And it was relatively even. I think there were slightly more women, just slightly though. So it was almost 50-50 and had their uh, body weight measured at the beginning of the study and their blood measures taken at the beginning of the study, obviously. And then they put them on a ketogenic diet for 24 weeks. So quite a while. Uh, I will throw in here that they did not measure for ketosis. So we do not know if these individuals were truly in ketosis. We cannot make the assumption that they were in ketosis because uh, with adherence to a diet, some you can have just a day where you're off, where you consume too many carbohydrates and that pulls you out of ketosis. So uh, we cannot say that these people were necessarily in ketosis, but we, we can be relatively certain that they were at least trying to follow a ketogenic diet, okay? for 24 weeks, which is a decent amount of time. And as I mentioned, that that ketogenic diet is for t- based on a unsaturated fat. So it's not just, just eat fat in general, but focus on unsaturated fats, poly and, unsa- and uh, mono unsaturated fats. So after the initial 12 weeks, so that's three months, um, the participants were allowed to consume up to 50 grams of carbohydrates, which is still quite low. Um, but until up to that point, I think they were restricted to like 20 or 30 grams, which is probably right in that range of you would think that these people would be in ketosis. But again, uh, that's that's highly speculative because we don't actually have the data. And they were also given a, a multivitamin a day. And the total length of the study, like I said, was 24 weeks. So they did measures at the eight week mark, I believe. We're going to see the data if you're watching the podcast. But again, if you're listening, don't worry about it. Um, They did measures at the eight week mark, I think the 12 week mark, and then the 24 week mark. So and those are all by comparison to the baseline. So before they were on the ketogenic diet, then they were placed on the ketogenic diet, and then they stayed on that for 24 weeks. So the idea here is that all the participants ended up on the ketogenic diet which means that this is a within subjects design uh, study, meaning that the participants are essentially compared against themselves. Um, it's more so averages. So they, they, the average number, like in, in terms of a measurement, let's say they measure their body weight. <clears throat> they take all the body weights from all 83 individuals and they get an average number and then they get kind of a spread off of that average number, you know, how far away people were like what's what's kind of the true value 
of their body weights from everyone sampled, all 83 individuals. And then they did the same thing at the eight week mark and then the same thing at the 12 week mark and then the same thing at the 24 week mark. And then, oh, I'm sorry, not 12 weeks, 16 week mark, just to correct that. I'm seeing here on my notes, it's eight weeks, 16, 16 weeks and 24 weeks. And then, so they take the eight, 16 and 24 weeks and individually compare them against the baseline average that they got. Okay, so now let's look at the actual data itself. So let's start with body weight first, which is probably the least shocking. And I should probably throw in one more thing here. As far as I could tell, they did not tell them to calorically restrict. So they just told them, this is your diet in the past. We don't really care. Now you're on a ketogenic diet. Here's how you do that. Here's what we want you to focus on don't consume more than X amount of uh, grams of carbohydrates per day, do that for 24 weeks, that's it. So they didn't tell them to, to calorically restrict, which makes things ultimately that much more interesting. Okay, so if you are, again, looking, if you're watching the podcast, you can see that I've thrown up a uh, f that first piece of data. And again, if you're listening, don't worry, I'm going to be describing it. Um, that first measurement is the start. So before they were on a ketogenic diet, and you can tell that the average, these individuals were over 100 kilograms in weight. So they were over 220 pounds in weight. That's the average of all 83 individuals lumped together. They did not, which is a weakness of the study, but you know, it's fair enough. They did not separate out men and women. They put them all together. And then they did they did the same thing check their body weight at the eight week mark 16 week mark and 24 week mark and you can see that there is a dramatic decrease in body weight after just eight weeks uh after about eight weeks let's say there's like a 10 kilogram maybe slightly more than 10 kilogram uh body weight loss so that's what 22 pounds roughly about 22 pounds and they got down even like three or four kilograms below that even at the 24 week mark. So the initial weight loss was, was very steep in those first eight weeks. And then uh, it slowed down significantly, but still occurred uh, over the next uh, 16 weeks or, or so afterwards. So that gives us proof then that gives us a like definitive proof that the ketogenic diet is uh, highly beneficial for weight loss, dramatic weight loss. I think the total amount lost was, they didn't give a specific, so you kind of have to base it off of the, the graph, which I wish they had given a specific, but at least, at least 12 kilograms of body weight. So about 20, a little over 25 pounds of body weight lost over 24 weeks. So about a pound a week, something like that, maybe a little bit more. Not bad, not bad at all, uh, especially if you're not telling these people, hey, uh, you should be in a caloric deficit, only eat this amount. Just being told, hey, get on a ketogenic diet, which could speak to satiety. It could speak to the ease of sticking to it, you know, things like that, uh, adherence uh, that allow the ketogenic diet this great advantage to ultimately lead to, to body weight loss, uh, even though there aren't more strict guidelines on how they should follow their nutrition. So great, fantastic. Okay, so the next one is cholesterol. And this one is quite intriguing. 
because here they broke it up into three different segments. They broke it up into LDL cholesterol, so low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, HDL cholesterol, which is high-density lipoprotein cholesterol, and then total cholesterol. And here's the same thing. They took blood measures at the beginning before the ketogenic diet was given to these to these participants. And then uh, again at the 8, 16, and 24-week marks. And then they compared against that baseline, that initial uh, measurement. And you can see that the LDL cholesterol, which is the quote-unquote bad cholesterol, which is, and if somebody dares correct me, I understand that LDL is a particle, is not actually cholesterol, but what's within that particle is cholesterol. And the, the structure of the particle is related to cholesterol. I've had people try to correct me about that, like as if I'm not aware. But the point is like as clinicians and really anyone that you speak to in the scientific community, medical community, they're just going to abbreviate it because going through that explanation every single time is a pain in the butt. So LDL cholesterol, which is quote unquote bad cholesterol, uh, and then HDL cholesterol, which is quote unquote good cholesterol. So you typically want higher HDL cholesterol, and there is, I believe, an upper limit to that based off of research that I probably will go into as well uh, in the somewhat near future once I can find time to look at the relationship with HDL cholesterol, that uh, having it be higher is good, but only up to a point, and then it starts to become bad as well. So, but anyway, point is, LDL cholesterol, what happened to it? In the first eight weeks, it dropped dramatically. Uh, then it continued to drop, but certainly slower, again, just like with body weight, uh, continued to drop, but slower at the 24-week mark, from the 8 to 24-week mark. So ketogenic diet, highly beneficial for reducing LDL cholesterol. What happened to HDL cholesterol? Well, there, there wasn't that much of an increase actually at the eight-week mark. However, there was a dramatic increase overall at the 16-week mark, and then it kind of plateaued out, so it didn't continue to rise. So it rose quite considerably by the 16-week mark, not at the eight-week mark, and then there was no added benefit at the 24-week mark. We don't know what would happen if it continued to go out from there, but I would assume that it would probably stay right about stable there. Now, total cholesterol, the, the cholesterol, the, so that's encompassing LDL cholesterol and HDL cholesterol and other types of cholesterol like VLDL cholesterol, those all add up to showing that the ketogenic diet has a dramatic decrease in total cholesterol at the eight-week mark. So again, it's a similar trend as with the LDL cholesterol, uh, although it doesn't really change after that. So those first eight weeks, you get a dramatic decrease, and then you don't really see much of a further decrease from that point on. Even though you do see slight decreases in uh, LDL, I don't think that those are uh, significant. So <clears throat> what this tells us is that the ketogenic diet, now teasing that out from weight loss, is always the tricky thing, but ultimately the ketogenic diet led to weight loss and it also led to reductions in cholesterol. Great, except for HDL, which it increased uh, after kind of a lag period. Those first eight weeks didn't see much and then 16 weeks you did see a lot. So can we, 
we can't tease that out from the weight loss. Like, would that have happened if they had just lost weight using, let's say, a vegan diet or if they had done uh, flexible dieting or something like that? Um, <clears throat> we can't say. But ultimately, does it really matter? These people uh, feel better probably. They've lost weight and they uh, have bettered their cholesterol overall. So, great. Now, let me just quick throw in here with uh, triglycerides, which is the uh, the blood fats, those decreased over all the 24 weeks. So similar to the LDL cholesterol, those kind of continue to decrease. So blood fats decreased. And I don't have the data for that just because I didn't want to overwhelm uh, the podcast with a ton of data, but you can check it out. I'll have the uh, the paper linked as always. Uh, so you can look look over it for yourself. And finally, looking at blood sugar levels. So for people who are diabetic, uh, this, is, this may be of special importance, but these individuals, as far as I remember, were not diabetic. They were just overweight. And you can see, again, if you're just watching the podcast, that there's a similar trend, that you see a dramatic decrease in blood sugar levels uh, with the first eight weeks of the ketogenic diet. And then there's a slight further decrease, very slight further decrease at the 16 week mark. And then it kind of plateaus out from there. So it seems like it does reduce blood sugar levels as well, which isn't a huge shock because I think anybody who's in diabetes field knows that a ketogenic diet, if you remove carbohydrates uh, and you stick to a ketogenic diet, that's going to reduce your blood sugar levels and likely independent of weight loss. Um, but that's coming from, from other research. However, again, if, if in this situation it's coming from uh, the, the weight loss or the ketogenic diet independent of weight loss, we don't know, but it doesn't really matter. Again, it doesn't really matter. So there's the data. Now, what are the conclusions that we can take away from this? What are kind of the big takeaway points from this? Well, the ketogenic diet without overt calorie restriction, which is really interesting and, and, and good to know, leads to body weight loss, pretty significant, over 24 weeks, decreases in total and LDL cholesterol, as well as increases in HDL, which kind of top off, and those do take longer. The HDL changes take longer than the LDL cholesterol and total cholesterol. And reductions in triglycerides, those blood fats and blood sugar levels in overweight, overweight, men and women. And I will be reporting on another study that looked at normal weight, quote unquote, healthy individuals as well, looking at similar uh, markers. So hopefully you found this informative. And with that, I hope to have the pleasure, the absolute pleasure of speaking with you in the next one. Keto Hater is out. See ya.